All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, we've got two returning guests way back from when the show was Keo Conversations. First, Justine, who is a certified meditation teacher, magnetic marketing strategist, and mentor to soulpreneurs growing their own businesses online. We've got Joey, who's the co-founder and CEO of Baron Fig, and an award-winning graphic designer based out of New York City. Welcome to you both back to the show. What up? Thanks for having us back. It's party time. It's party time. So, I mean, as we're recording this right now, there are 141 episodes that have been released uh, between Keo Conversations and, and then Behind the Human. And Justine, you were episode number 001. So super excited Numero to have you uno. back. Can you believe that? It's crazy. <laughs> wow. I do recall. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, let's jump in. There's there's obviously some really fun things that you guys are up to that we'll, we'll dive into. But I, I'd love to know... Well, first of all, you're, you're two past guests, but I'm even more, I think, proud to, to call you both friends at this point. And I'd love to know, like, how did you guys link up? Like, what, how did this collaboration start with the project um, that we're, you know, we'll, we'll describe in a minute, but how, how did it all happen? Well, I want to give a shout out to you, Mark, because you introduced me to Joey. So maybe we can oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about that <laughs> yeah i think you need to take some credit here <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing uh, right, you, okay. you introduced us because <laughs> i was at the time also had a podcast and um you recommended joey as a guest we had a great time um on my podcast with joey and then we also connected became friends and then i don't know one day i just called joey and i was like hey i have this idea can i stop by your studio and yeah it was super casual it was kind of like me throwing out i've got this harebrained idea do you think it's any good (laughs) (laughs) and it was and i remember that um i always like visitors to baron fig studio missing that right about now and i remember we sat down at the the conference table and we kind of went back and forth a little bit and then i asked Justine to draw out what she was thinking. Do you remember that? I sure do. And you were a little hesitant, but then we kind of talked and it was like, you know, it can't be so terrible that it's unintelligible. And then you made what in that moment essentially became, I don't know, 80% of what is now sold. Yeah. But you know, when, when a designer asks you to start drawing, (laughs) I was like, totally. it's I like it. <laughs> a painter going, here, paint me something. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, the classic Joey yeah. move. <laughs> it is tough. I, I understand. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm like your, you know, training wheels or sidekick. Yeah, no, it was great. And I, um, you're right. Like, I do think really visually. So once I gave myself permission to be imperfect in front of you <laughs> and and draw out what was in my head, yeah, it was this beautiful symbiotic back and forth of what about this and could it do this? And, you know, it was it was great. It kind of was all birthed there on that studio table. 
It's amazing. Mm. Well, why don't, just so, because the listeners are like, what the hell are they talking about? What's being birthed over here at Baron Fig? Why don't, Joey, why don't you explain a little bit about Baron Fig if people don't uh, know? I mean, obviously, if they're following me, they they see me as a wannabe influencer for Baron Fig, so I'm always posting your products. But uh, just provide a little background. And then, Justine, maybe same thing, you know, on the meditation front, and ju- we can talk about how those two worlds uh, came together and 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 what this awesome product is. Sure. In a nutshell, Baron Fig makes tools for thinkers. And it's a little abstract and a little foreign. So think like Nike makes gear for athletes. And that's sort of what we're doing, but for the mind. And it focuses around uh, notebooks and writing instruments and just ways of you thinking outside of your head. And then ideally you take that and you do something wonderful with it. But that's really what we're focused on is, is creating those tools to help you do it. And we have a series of guided editions like recipe journal, habit journal, and so on. And with Justine, uh, she brought the idea of a meditation journal, which she can explain further. Yeah. And as Joey said, you know, tools for thinkers and ways to kind of move beyond the mind really does describe what meditation is designed to do. It is designed to help you get beyond the mind and become more embodied and and to create and um, move through the world in a way that combines body, heart, mind. And the notion of journaling with meditation is something that I have done for a very long time. And it is something that as a meditation teacher, I encourage my students to do because it does bring a a very different um, layer to a meditation practice. It allows integration, I think, of what comes up during your meditations, as well as uh, what you notice the benefits are outside of your meditations. And the ability to capture that is a really formative part of how we can build momentum with our practice. We can stay committed to our practice, even when we get really busy. And uh, for me, it's it's been an avenue for channeling insight, creativity, uh, and just reflection, which I know, you know, Mark is near and dear to your heart. Reflection on how something so simple as closing your eyes for 15, 20 minutes a day can have such uh, amplified impacts throughout every aspect of your life. When you reflect on those things and journal them down, it really does help you to prioritize what seems to be a very simple practice in of it, in, a, in and of itself. Sure. Well, in this, so thank you for both for, for sharing that. And you know, for those reasons, that's actually why I really wanted to chat with you both. Like typically on this show, it's not really a product feature or product review show. Uh, although every now and then we do have specific episodes like that, but this is more so, I mean, it's the practice, obviously, like this, this type of work and meditation, journaling, reflection, and the tools to support that. I mean, that, that's usually the bulk of these conversations or, or when we get behind the humans. So I'm excited because for the longest time, I, I just couldn't realize or couldn't understand how there wasn't a product like this that existed. Like it, to me, journaling and meditation are like they just go hand in hand, right? Like so where, I mean, some of the apps obviously have a little a little place to journal when you're when you're done but it's it's almost like an afterthought 
Whereas what I'm seeing with with Bloom, you know, it's it's intentional, obviously, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, journaling, particularly in the apps, is often an afterthought in the meditation environment, and it's more qualitative. It's more, you know, write down your experience or your reflections. Um, I think the combination of quantitative and qualitative is where Bloom has um, really hit that sweet spot because, as you know from, well, Joey can talk to you about his habit habit tracker journal, there is a little dopamine hit when you when you see the immediate benefits or you check that little box that yeah. tells you that you did that thing for the day, right? Uh, but there's a very different flavor to it when you are also looking at the texture and the context and reflecting on the benefits as well. So I think just having the metrics, like, oh, this is how many minutes I'm talking about in the app, like how many minutes or how long my streak is number of days in a row. Uh, Some people might just do that and skip the journaling part. And the journaling part really does bring a very different texture to it. And as you know, Mark, I firmly believe in the power of writing, like actually using a pen and paper. Yeah. Um, And there's a very different biochemistry in the brain with that than typing into your phone. And so I think the combination of coming out of a very embodied practice like meditation and then using the analog journal and pen, uh, there is a continuation of that mindfulness practice that I think can get disrupted when it's on a phone. Totally. And Joey, I've got an analog question for you in a minute, but I I have to say, because I remember actually our first conversation because we had a little, um, we had, there was a section in that conversation where we spoke specifically about kind of analog versus digital. And I still believe, you know, I still stand behind, I'd rather people doing something than nothing. But what I've, I guess, grown to realize is that you're you're almost relying on or you're almost trusting uh, others to be super disciplined with their technology, right? Like I, I'm not naive that most people probably don't have their their iPhone or their phone set up with zero notifications and kind of the like when I land on my phone, it's purely wellness on the first page. Like there's nothing else there. And even that, I, you know, I find myself sometimes swiping around. So I, you know... I, I'm like circling back a bit, Justine. I have to say, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going a little bit more analog these days on uh, all things, whether uh, journaling, meditation, even breath work, uh, and and I'm noticing a difference there. So, I think Mark, you're I have some something. good news for you. <laughs> Go for yeah, it. I have some great news. You ready for this? We're gonna get. To, we're gonna do some numbers. Let's do um, it. So you're you're. What's your feeling? What's your anecdotally uh, describing is actually proven. So you are 3.2 times more likely to avoid distraction uh, with pen and paper versus screen, right? That's, that is an easy one. But now I know I got all this good stuff in front of me. (laughs) Listen to this. You have four times the efficiency and productivity in your idea generation when you're ideating on pen and paper versus typing. And these are, wow. I'm not making this stuff up. These are all studies. And uh, we actually were putting up some stuff on our site 
in the near future, which we'll have more info and the links. And um, also, which I love, is that even it's over 10% more retention just using pen and paper too. So not only are you thinking deeper, you're remembering more. Interesting. Well, and the other thing I want to add, I mean, maybe this is just a bias towards uh, barren fake products, but, and you know this already, Joy, I'm always joking with you on text about this, but like there is a, there's the feeling of pen to paper as well. And I've, you know, full disclosure, I've grown to be a bit of a paper pen snob when it comes to barren fake products because they're super high quality. But I like I've no I've actually noticed that and and I've gone through the thought process of because I because I still use still use the apps I'm always testing these things out but I've gone through that thought process I'm like you know what I I really need pen to paper right now that feels right it's wild yeah yeah I mean it I'm I'm almost anti pen and paper at this point like it's in, it's it's borderline inconvenient right it runs out you got to get more um but it it just it's the best tool for the job yeah well i have to say i'm hybrid because like even if i'm if i'm journaling in uh in a confident uh barren fig notebook then at the end of that i'm taking a scan and and dropping it into an app like day one just just have literally 10 years worth of of entries in there so i mean i think it it depends on you know it's got to work for you obviously um but i mean you know, with the stats that you mentioned, plus I think some of the stuff that I was sharing, I mean, there's there's obviously some serious benefit to that. What have you seen, Justine? I mean, you've always been a pretty big advocate, obviously, and on the analog side of things, but you've also gone through um, One Giant Minds meditation training, which, you know, I think is a mix, right? They have their app, obviously, but there's back when we could be in person, there was also a lot of uh, in-person meditation with Johnny and, and the whole crew over there. Yeah, well, as you know, I I love these updated stats, Joey. I'm going to need to get them from you (laughs) so I can tout them as well uh, because, yeah, I used to use some similar stats uh, because I've been an advocate for pen-to-paper journaling both in and out of the workplace. Uh, You know, for me, for many of years, it was more of a personal pastime for me, but um, more recently have really brought journaling into the workplace as well. Um, and this is, you know, independent from meditating. And as Joey pointed out, like the creativity, the level of creativity that I find channels through me when I'm using pen and paper versus even writing on a whiteboard, strangely, because it's just a different texture, uh, I don't I don't claim to know why that is, but there's something about pen to paper, mindfulness time where I am get, I get into that stream of consciousness. I don't self-censor myself. That might be the whiteboard thing. I think when I'm writing on a whiteboard, I'm self-censoring because I'm trying to like organize my thoughts into something really cohesive. Whereas journaling, it's just like just get it out of my brain and then make sense of it later. And that I think when I'm on a screen, a yes, the distraction for sure. But there's just there's something so different uh, physiologically about using my whole hand to be um, translating what's in my head and my heart out onto a piece of paper. So I don't have the the same kind of level of data, but I just know and I've seen it time and time again when I help other people to do it 
that they feel the difference as well. Um, and in One Giant Mind, um, yes, they started with an app and they do have a journaling feature within the app. Um, I personally have always used the paper journal. I've, I've never used the, the journal that's inside the app. But in the teacher training, um, which is separate to the, the app itself, it's journaling is there um, really to encourage particularly people who are new to meditation to have this as part of their mindfulness um, habit, their mindfulness practice. For all the reasons I mentioned earlier, it's much easier to create the habit of meditating daily. And once you are meditating daily, there are compounding benefits to the consistency. So the journaling can really help to to build that consistency. And so therefore someone new to meditation really starts to feel the difference of their meditation much more quickly. Um, and that's when a habit gets formed, right? When people start to feel like, oh, if I don't do this, it's like leaving the house without brushing my teeth. I have furry teeth all day. You will kind of want to get people to that point really quickly. And the journal addition to that really helps. Oh, of course, I can totally see that. And what kind of teeth all day? What was that? Furry. <laughs> furry teeth. That yeah, yeah. gives me the most disgusting thing. picture. Oh, my well, God. when you don't meditate. Hey, just wanted to thank you for being here. And if you're enjoying the show, drop us some lovely stars wherever you're listening. They really make a huge difference. Also, after requests from you, I've put together some mental fitness training packages in collaboration with Thrive Medicine. I'll work directly with you to help implement and personalize practices and routines to ensure your mind is thriving. Shoot me a message directly or check out the link in the show notes. Thank you as always and back to the show. You know, if you're a consistent meditator and you are so used to having the, the impact of that on your day every day and you miss a session, it literally feels like you have fairy teeth all day. Okay. If you could either meditate or brush your teeth, what would you do? <laughs> Joey is so binary all the time. Um, <laughs> I would meditate because then I could go eat an apple and it would clean my teeth. Mm, really thinking i dig it so efficient i love it <laughs> um just moving on i i think I, i'd love to know between the two of you just from your both your, your kind of your different worlds like where meditation personally has really helped you and you know joey if i can just knowing you uh, a little bit on how you work and whatnot. And and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you did the majority of the design work on, on this guided edition. Like, I'm curious, how does meditation help you with your creativity or the way you're flowing? You know, like, I guess the question I'm getting to is when things, when you say like, damn, I'm like, I am flowing so smoothly. Like things are just going like, what, what, what are the triggers for that? Yeah. Um, they're not, they're not triggers that are like adjacent to the experience. So they're not some, you don't do something and then immediately receive, uh, this wonderful flow state. It's more about creating the interior environment, right? Within yourself that facilitates it. So what the hell am I talking about? Okay. So I can't just 
flip a switch and be like, I'm going to create some, you know, kick-ass stuff right now. More that I have a routine that I do every day and that sets me up for success so that I increase the odds that that happens. So what sure. does that mean? I do four things a day. I, uh, in the morning, meditate, then I exercise, then I learn, which is usually in the form of reading, and then I make. So exercise, meditate, uh, learn, and make, right? And make is the thing I kind of do all day. So the, the other three happen beforehand. And exercise just stimulates my body, gets the, the juices flowing, and the meditation just puts me in a, a place where I am here and now and looking at the things that I am seeing, right? And I'm going to go back to that in a moment. But and then reading, of course, puts interesting thoughts in my head. What kind of stuff so are you reading? Does it change or is it oh, yeah. very specific? Uh, no, it's everything. It's everything. Okay. It's fiction, just nonfiction. Learning. Yeah, yeah, it's just all sorts of stuff. I, I don't stick to something because then, then I would be sticking to something and just ignoring so much. Sure. Um, so think about this phrase. It, it, I'm, I consider myself lucky that I started meditating without knowing what I was doing. And it started in college when I got my first drawing class. And there's a common phrase for people who have gone through drawing class. And it is, Draw what you see, not what you think you see. And it's, it's like, it's, it's intense because what happens is when, when you sit someone down and say, you know, draw that plant, they're not necessarily drawing that plant. They're drawing a plant, the idea of a plant that they have in their head, right? And I recognized that early on, like, wow, we're interpreting so much. If I take that out and just look, I have so much more power over my ability to, to learn and to understand and to see things. And so that habit I've, I've held on to for as long as possible. Um, and that, to answer your question, is just kind of paying attention and being in the moment is when I'm making things, I, it's kind of opposite almost. I, I don't ever say during it, wow, I'm kicking ass. I sort of come out of it almost after like, I don't know, I don't ski, but I imagine skiing down a mountain. You're so engaged in your instincts to yeah. like survive and, you know, keep going that it's not so you get to the bottom that the, the rush of that experience hits you. That's what it's like for me. Sure. Well, just I'm glad you brought up skiing because when you talk about like typical flow states, so I've had a couple of the, the people from the Flow Research Collective on the show and the, the science supports that. Let's say you do ski down a mountain, you have all that kind of the neurochemical cocktail firing. Those effects of, of you being in a state of flow on your creativity actually last up to two to three days after the event. So essentially, you're, you're kind of consistently doing that through your practices, right? So I'm not surprised to hear you say that, you know, it's not like in the moment. It's you're, you've, got, you've got the long-term kind of consistent effects of, of being in flow essentially. So then I'm, I'm flowing nonstop. I'm like, yeah. I'm like a river. Let's not <laughs> sure. let it You're go dry. A river. <laughs> totally. <laughs> there's so much about, there's so much about what you just said, Joey, that I love. And I think is universal to anyone who is thinking about their mindfulness practice. Like just pulling out a couple of things that you said, you said, uh, you know, creating that inner environment or that interior environment, I think you said, and, yeah. you know, that is ultimately what meditation seeks to do. And 
meditation comes in many forms, right? So that that interior environment and creation of that interior envi- environment, it, it creates space for that flow state. And as you just said, Mark, as you were describing it, I sort of like to say, you know, you can't you can't pour from an empty cup. And that goes for creativity. It goes for how you show up for other people, how you lead. You know, if you aren't filling your own cup, then, you know, yeah, the river runs dry. And what you said about the plant and the and the drawing, mm. it's so in line with what I tell my students to do when they're using a journal with their meditation practice is when you are log- logging your meditation, don't bring that interpretation into it. You know, just describe what happened in your meditation like a painting on the wall. And it's exactly what you're saying. You know, removing that interpretation actually just allows you to capture without judgment, without censorship, exactly what happened. And then throughout the week, you can reflect on what you've written in a way that brings context to the rest of your life. So you can do the interpretation later. And all of those elements that you just discussed, you know, are a a beautiful alchemy of a mindfulness practice. Speaking of logging, have we, I can't remember, It's it's been 26 minutes, my memory is terrible apparently. Uh, have we described just in a really, really, really high level manner what this journal includes? No, we should probably do that. Because <laughs> I'm, cool. I'm looking at it, but the listeners are not. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Justine, do you mind if I just like jump yeah, in real quick? go ahead. Sweet. All right. In the most basic form, it has a meditation log where half a page for the morning, half a page for the evening, plus a couple boxes you check off that you can track your progress throughout. On every, after every fifth uh, entry, you can reflect and it goes on a cycle. At the back of the book, it has wonderful written content by Justine that we call a journal guide. And it also has a tracker that lets you track the habit of meditation so that you can keep up. So basically, you can log, you can learn, and you can keep the habit going. Why 40 days? I wanted to ask you about that. Because I've seen like habit formation. I mean, I think there's varying research on that. I've seen 66 days. I've seen a month. But what? what why, why the 40-day tracker? Do you want to tell this story or shall I? <laughs> no, you <laughs> number of pages you. in the journal. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so there was this was actually one of the areas where we had a lot of debate, Joey and okay. I. Um, so when I'm teaching, I I suggest a 60 day um, challenge to oneself. 60 days is a really good amount of time for someone to keep a consistent habit, and over that period, they get um, such a wealth of insight and self awareness that it really does establish the the habit. Now, 60 days um, to Joey was like, that's a very long time, maybe not as approachable. So how do we make this more approachable? Because, you know, if you pick up the journal, you don't have me in the journal guiding you other than what I've written in the journal guide. Like my students actually have me in front of them. And so we talked about 40 days. We talked about 30, but I landed on 40 for a couple of reasons that there are, um, 
styles of meditation who believe that 40 days is the perfect amount of time to actually build that self-awareness and that practice. Kundalini is one of them. And 40 days, um, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of reasons why you just want to push someone just that little bit further than say, you know, there's the, the three weeks to form a habit. I think with meditation, because of the compounding effects, you want to extend yourself just that little bit further because it you do get those breakthroughs around about the one month mark where you start to realize you kind of, you pay off your stress debt and your fatigue debt. Cause that's generally what happens in the first 30 days is you're literally paying back all the stress and fatigue that's been building up in your body. You're, you're letting all of that go and it can take a little while. Um, but then you'll reach that point where once that has paid been paid back, meditation becomes more than a stress management practice. It really does become um, a self-awareness, self-leadership, insights, building practice, and they tend to come after a little bit of time. So you want to just make sure that people get to that point so that they can really see the long-term benefits of this, that it's not it's not a band-aid for when I feel stressed. This is a vitamin I should take every day. It makes sense. I mean, I, I appreciate the explanation. For me, I'm actually quite excited to try try the 40-day because probably like many listeners and, and many people out there, uh, I'm on and off with meditation. I'm super hard on myself with meditations. I, I think you mentioned at one point, Justine, there are many forms of meditation. So I, I do feel like I, I'm doing some sort of form probably daily, but I also flip into this, like, what am I getting something out of this versus something like, uh, like a breath work where like physically I can feel the difference. So, you know, as you're, you're explaining the tracker and like, it, you know, re- releasing that, um, that stress debt, that's probably where, where I'm at. And I've never actually pushed, pushed past that. So, excited to, to, to really dive into this and give it a, a proper go. Yeah, it's it's real. I mean, in the current times, I think we're all dealing with uh, a lot of stress from various different um, means and factors. And I think that is one of the common misconceptions around meditation is that if, I'm ha- if my th- thoughts are just going wild in my meditation, then I'm not meditating. But it's actually that is the body's way of releasing that stress. Uh, So thoughts are actually kind of an important part of meditation and pushing past that barrier, as you said, is, you know, staying consistent with it, even if, excuse me, initially you feel like, oh, I'm not doing this right. You absolutely are. If there are tons of thoughts, it's okay. If If you finish your meditation and you feel really tired, that's a really good indication that you you are fatigued and your body has just dipped into that relaxation response and out of fight or flight and is telling you, you need sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, your body will tell you after every meditation, um, even if it's been thought-filled, you probably will feel a lot clearer because it's, it's like a, a pipe full of steam that it builds up and builds up. And until you release that valve and let the steam gush out, the the pipe's going to feel clogged. Totally. Totally. Love it. What are your, I mean, uh, Joy, you shared 
the four things that you're doing each day, which I'm assuming are somewhat non-negotiables for you, Justine, what are, what are yours? Yeah, I love um, the, how dynamic Joey's are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think he mentioned that he plays the trumpet as well. Every, every I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I suck. But the thing is, uh, (laughs) I suck on, I mean, I don't suck on purpose. I'd like to get better, but I do things that I'm bad at to remind me about the things that I'm good at. Fair. How does one play a trumpet in New York city in an apartment that, that I want to know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's a whole thing. It's just like a negotiation with everyone around me. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead, Justine. No, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, for me, it's pretty simple. Um, every morning when I get up to let the dog out, because that's the first thing I do, uh, I take three really deep breaths, you know, during the, during the night we are all shallow breathing and, um, deep breaths is really, it's kind of like that reset button. And, um, I scrape my tongue (laughs) and that's, um, that really is sort of the, the start of the day. I then uh, will move through um, just some gentle exercise stretches before I meditate because coming straight out of sleep into meditation, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a thought-filled meditation. You want to have a little bit of activity in the morning before you meditate. But I know that if I don't do my meditation first thing before I've picked up my phone, then, you know, it's not going to happen. So I really need to do it first thing in the morning. And, and then of course I journal, I journal about my meditation. I journal just whatever is coming up for me. And I ask myself a few key questions, uh, just to level set for the day ahead. Do you ever journal both of you? Do you ever journal before meditating? I've heard a lot of, uh, like mixed feelings on before, after not bad or good, but just everyone has a very different, uh, kind of takes on that. Yeah, I think it's such a personal preference because for some people, you know, doing say morning pages to get whatever randomness that's bubbling around in their mind out of their mind before they meditate has, you know, huge implications for how well they can drop into a meditation. Uh, For me, my meditation practice is such that it's relatively easy for me to drop in now. I think early on I would have been more in the former camp. Uh, so now I like journaling afterwards because it gives me an opportunity to, to really, um, I think ground and, and, uh, make sure that whatever has come up in my meditation, I am capturing so that I can reflect on it later. Okay. What about you, Joey? Journaling. Uh, I, I actually, I don't do anything before meditating cause it gets my mind going. I kind of like, I roll out of bed and go meditate, uh, so I'm sort of in that middle state and I can take advantage of it, you know, leverage it towards calming down for meditation. But sure. in thinking about just design, I think designing in and of itself is, is also a meditative act um, or the way I do it. So before that, I have a lot of thoughts that I prepare. So I guess both in some sense. Sure, sure. I can relate to that. I mean, that's kind of what where I was leading to towards uh, you know, being hard on myself about not meditating the kind of traditional form or what's discussed all the time. Like for me, when I'm running, 
Uh, I'm very present with what's kind of passing by and the smells, the sounds, things like that. But it changes, right? It's like if you if you're listening to your body, um, like what hap- what you need today might not be what you need tomorrow. So you kind of switch it up. Even the journaling before meditation, something I found that that helps really well on my side is to do something like a future setting exercise for where you, you know you you ask the question, um, how do I want the next month to look and feel, you know, if I'm at the actual end of the month or the end of the year or five years, and then drop into a meditation, I guess it's kind of a slash visualization as well. Um, But there's so many different, that's what I love about all this stuff. There's so many different use cases. It's, you know, there's no prescription to this stuff, which is nice. Think of it this way, right? Uh, I'm not the, the meditation teacher here, so I don't know throw this out the window if it sounds like garbage. But um, we, most of us, most people accept, okay, exercise is good, right? You're taking care of your body. And it's easy to see the results. Uh, you know, if you put in a bit of time, you work out for 30 days, you get a little bit stronger, a little bit leaner or something. The The thing about meditation and, and the tragic animal that is a human being is it's when we don't see it, it's that much harder to believe it and quantify it. And I think in my mind, meditating is as essential as physical exercise, but it's so hard to prove it. Justine, do you, do you come up against that? Yeah. Everything that you are saying is spot on. I mean, this is primarily why I think journaling and meditation belong together and and should be, as Mark said, thought of as hand in glove. Because ultimately, the the way you are tracking your progress in your journaling, there's so much about good meditation, like not that I like to use good or bad, but when you have a really gratifying meditation, it usually means you've like dropped in, you've lost sense of time and space, things get super abstract. And, you know, you come out of that, you're probably not going to remember that even halfway through the day when you've, you know, jumped straight into everything that you have to get done that day. But if you journal about it and then towards the end of the week or even once a day, sometimes I I use that reflection page that you mentioned once a day. And I, at the end of the day, I'll reflect on the day and think about, you know, what challenging situations I had, whether I caught myself in the moment reacting or responding so often I think uh, we're looking for these absolutes like in in building muscles at the gym we're looking at these absolutes whereas for meditation it's so incremental for example if I had a bad day at the office 10 years ago it probably would have put me in a in a funk for like a week (laughs) but I now can I can see that happen almost like it's happening in front of me and catch myself and take a deep breath now and, and reset that whole conversation. So it's now through my meditation practice been diminished down to, you know, microseconds. Whereas five years ago, it was probably half a day, you know, it does get incrementally better but it's not a it's not something you can see it's something you feel and it's only when you reflect on those feelings 
And I will say when it gets reflected back at you. So one of my favorite questions to reflect on it is, has anyone noticed a difference in me? And usually it's your, your partner that you live with or your children who are the first to say, you seem really different. You seem a lot calmer. And that is it. That is the impact of meditation being reflected back to you in your actions. And it's, it's taking note of those things that I think really grounds us in the benefits of the practice. So powerful. Well, and I think the other, and this is why I'm really excited about this journal, is it's just even if you get to the end of the week or the end of the month and reflect back and, and take a look, like you can you can see all of those notes. And I think just as humans in general, we're super hard on ourselves uh, just by default that you, you, you can go back and see like, wow, okay, yeah, this this happened, that happened, this is what I was thinking. You can, you can actually physically see the evolution, right? And then layer on top to your point, that's such a great prompt. Um, whether someone has noticed a difference or, or you you know you being kind of pulled up to 30 40,000 feet to seeing things in slow motion like all of that stuff you start you start feeling it right i remember with keo when we were like really going through some of the the tough times trying to figure things out i remember being so hyper aware of of how i was feeling that i was actually freaked out in the sense that i'm like is this what anxiety feels like or is it just because I'm actually journaling and doing all these practices even more so that I can actually see it? It's always been here. It's, <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a, it's an eye-opening experience. Any of these practices once when you, when you commit to them uh, consistently. Yeah, it's beautiful the way you describe that because it's, it really is, to me, self-awareness is the ability to get outside of and beyond the ego mind and the mammalian mind that have these automatic reactions to keep us safe. And we're actually able to observe the way that that manifests in our body and make a different decision. And that presence of mind, that's so powerful. And it is, it is like going to the gym it is a muscle that you build. Totally. Totally. Well, I'd love to, I mean, you both have dropped a few really great prompts in this conversation, but I'd love to know if there are any reflective questions that you find circulate in your life, either on a frequent basis or during big uh, life-changing events that you take some time and uh, journal on those or think about them, take a walk thinking about them, like whatever. It doesn't matter what the actual uh, process looks like, but I'd love to know if you've got some of these prompts that we can share with the listeners. Mm. Yeah, I do. Joey, do you want to go first? Sure. Why not? Um, I wrote a few down and thinking about it. Um, and I started to have the, a difficult time understanding like when the reflection st starts, when the preparation ends and reflection starts. Cause I guess I'm just asking questions all the time. Nice. So love it. I'm gonna break the rules a little bit here. That's to fine. answer like is is just a the number one reflective question would be what could I have done better, which is okay. after everything, and also what did I learn? Uh, but these aren't that interesting. I think I think they're like very standard. However, my but super important questions for yo no doubt no doubt no doubt. 
Um, I think if you wanted to say like, maybe, you know, if I could offer up something to listeners that was a bit uh, unique would have to be the, the things that I do in preparation, which are two questions that come up a lot, which are, um, how can I do it different? And what can I remove? Mm, that's good. I like that. Cool. Word. One of mine is similar to that. Um, so the three that I, I do every morning as part of my journaling, um, and bearing in mind this is coming straight out of my meditation practice, um, the first one is how do I want to feel today? And I focus on a feeling rather than what I need to do. Uh, because I really want to ground myself in, uh, in experiencing life, not just a series of accomplishments. And so the grounding myself in how I want to feel each day with a single word or sometimes a couple of words really just sets the tone. And then I ask myself a follow-up question, which is how do I feel right now? Because that based off coming out of my meditation, it gives me a really clear understanding of the delta between those two things. And I will then prioritize my day around closing that gap so that I will feel the way that I intend for most of the day. Um, the third question that I ask, and it's not mine, I'm trying to think where I got this from. It's probably from one of two places. Um, but it's similar to what Joey just said with taking something away. It's uh, what's the one thing I could do today that would make everything else easier or unnecessary. Yeah, I love and, that. And that one, that one's so powerful. I wish I could recall right now where I originally got found it. Um, I'll figure it out and you can put it in the show notes. Um, but um, another couple, as Joey was, was speaking, that I, I want to throw out there just in relation to what I said earlier about that that self-awareness and in those moments of stress, because meditation really does help us to not only reduce our stress and have that immediate benefit, but also it allows us to deal with stress in the moment um, and when those demands are coming at us in a, in a calmer, cooler way um, because of the self-awareness it generates. And one of the questions that I think really helps me get out of that reactionary mode of something is happening outside of me, it's demanding something of me, or, you know, it doesn't feel comfortable. Um, I like to, when I have that moment where I'm realizing, oh, I'm about to have a reaction to this, I like to ask myself, how did I contribute to this? Yeah. Because it brings accountability immediately back to my ability to change the situation rather than blame someone else or call someone out on their behavior. It really just brings it back to how am I to respond to this, to get it to a place that I want it to go to, um, or to feel about it in a way that is good for everybody. That's a really powerful question in those moments I find. Well, as soon as you said that, I just, what came to mind was just immediately softens the situation, right? By just taking a, a moment to think about that. These are great. Really, really great. Um, so powerful. I love prompts, as you can tell. <laughs> Me too. I mean, in response to your question, I found it really difficult to narrow down. So that's why I just went with the consistent ones <laughs> because sure. I love prompts. As you know, I ask so many, not just of myself, but of um, people that I'm 
you know, in daily contact with the power of the prompt is um, it's so needed, particularly where we're at in the world right now. I think we all can be prompting ourselves to be thinking differently and more critically about so many things in our lives. Well, I mean, the, the thing that, that fascinates me always when it comes to, to great questions or prompts is literally one question completely can completely change your life, right? Or the lives of others as well. So it's, you know, it's just a matter of, are they the right questions for you right now? Are they coming at the right time in your life? Is the, the right context there? And, and I think even most importantly, are you willing to hear the answer to that prompt? That's, that's where I see a lot of people, um, you know, get a little bit scared, right? Like something as simple as, am I happy? If the answer is no, and you really unpack that, that's, that's a big thing going on in your life, right? But, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is where all of these practices just, you know, we hear about habit stacking all the time. I think there's there's something to be said about practice stacking as well and, you know, layering on your journaling, your meditation, and they all really help complement each other. So it's a, it's a fascinating world. And I'm so excited that, well, a, a journal like this exists, that people are, are talking about meditation more, journaling, all of it. I mean, I was in a park recently and I think I came across two or three people that were uh, clearly meditating on park benches early in the morning. I mean, it's not too long ago where you would walk past a situation like that and, and people would be like, what, like what's wrong with that person? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's coming along, which is, which is really nice. Yeah. It's something I think it's so crucial for now, like particularly with how, how much stress and anxiety is kind of in the collective it's such a crucial um, tool for everybody to at least try. Totally. Last question for both of you before um, we wrap this up and, and provide some information on where people, people can find the journal and more information about you too. Um, the question is simple. It's just, you know, all said and done, the, the day finishes, another day starts. What, what truly makes you smile each day? I make myself smile every day. Love that. For sure. I do a lot of dumb stuff. I'm not sure if I can. Am I allowed to curse on, on this of show? Of course. I guess it's, I do a lot of dumb shit, but I am so entertained by the dumb shit. Um, <laughs> I just have an absolute blast. I don't, I'm not interested in growing up. Um, I think the idea of growing up is false. So I, I do, I, I'm silly. Let's, let's go with that. Being silly makes me smile. Yeah, I can attest to that as well. Any conversation with Joey, you're always going to love. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, for me, I think um, similar. I, I can I can certainly um, be relatively stupid as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joey has it has this very childlike wonder about him. So I I think he owns that more than I probably do. Um, but for me. That, that question about how I want to feel each day, ultimately that's always, that's always a good feeling, right? It's always going to be some variation on happy, joy, um, yeah. some positive emotion. And that level of intention set, it just keeps me so present in those moments when it is happening, you know, and that might be when I 
walk out to the mailbox and just spend the extra few minutes grounding my bare feet on the ground. But I, because I've set that intention at the beginning of the day, I take those few moments. And I think that, that just seeps through my whole day in so many, there's no one single thing. It's like catching the hummingbird that flies up to my window at least once a day, you know, things like that. Uh, it keeps me present. So I think presence for me, um, but that's how I cultivate it. Yeah. I love that. I I mean, I'm a huge believer in the, in the one word intention for your feeling in the day. It's I'm always blown away at how something that literally takes seconds to do in the morning, excuse me, can completely change your days. So it's, uh, I resonate with that. Yeah. Where do people find this lovely product and you? Mark, can I ask you a question? Sure. What makes you smile? Oh, I love when they, when, when the guests, you can tell you're a host as well, flip the questions on the host. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for me, I really just being happy like that's maybe that's, that's a cop out on the answer, but just, just being present and going through the day, trying to find the happy moments on, on what's happening. Like, you know, right before this podcast, uh, I, I checked the mailbox one more time just to make sure uh, the journal hadn't arrived, even though I've got some photos of it. But just, I took my four-year-old with me. We took our time. There's like a ton of construction around here. So he's just blown, his mind's blown by everything. Like that just, that kind of stuff makes me happy to to be able to find the the joy and things like that versus let's rush to the mailbox and run back and, you know, crush some sort of other thing off the list or something. So I think mm. it's presence and um, just finding the happy out there because it's out there. I'm with that. So speaking of happy, speaking of all these great practices, the journal is now out, which is super exciting where's the best place that people could find this, learn a little bit more about the product. You guys fire away. This will be in the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll start here. The journal is available at baronfig.com. I'll spell it out. Baron, B-A-R-O-N, like the red baron. And fig, like the fruit, F-I-G.com. Awesome. And um, you can find both of us. I'll speak for Joey here if you don't mind as well. The, sure. You Google our names, <laughs> you're going to find us. So Justine Bloom with an E on the end and Joey Caffone, uh, you know. Also Joey, with an E on the end. Yes. And Joey on Instagram, you know, you got you to follow him. He did, You'll get the taste of his his funny shit, as he said. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> on Dumb his shit. Instagram, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I will, uh, I'll link to all of this. And I mean, one thing I I really want to thank you both personally, obviously you're just wonderful human beings. Um, but I want to, you know, have a a little bit of a bigger acknowledgement just for everyone listening. And, you know, I know, I know the work that is involved to put something like this together. And I mean, Joy, you're doing this day in day out for, for many products and Justine, you're doing similar in, in, in other projects as well. So I just want to thank you for dedicating your time and your effort and the hours in the day to put together projects like this and products like this, that literally, uh, I, I truly believe saves lives. Um, and at the very least, uh, 
greatly improves lives. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. It was such a joy, this project. Pure joy. Pure joy.